Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Egberto Willis, your host today. We are uh, honored to speak to Chivas Watson. And this is an interesting story. We've been talking about police brutality for some time now and the effects of it on people. However, this one hit uh, close to home in that uh, Mr. Watson, a member of the Houston Peace and Justice Center here in Houston, working on these issues, was uh, once again a victim of what should we call it? Overzealous police officers. Anyhow, welcome to Politics Unright. Uh, Chivas, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Still a little injured, um, but but working through it. All right. I tell you what, let's let's get started this way. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself before we get into what occurred to you. Tell me a, a little bit about who you are. Yeah, yeah. I um I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business owner, um, a community advocate. Um, a service provider, a project manager, that kind of thing. Um, but, but but against all labels, I'm a community member. I run a, a, non, a nonprofit. I, I also work with the Houston Peace and Justice Center. Um, I'm usually between Austin, Houston, San Antonio, um, doing direct service projects and initiatives. How could this kind of stuff continue happening to everyday community members? Well, let, let's get started with what actually occurred because as it turns out you're driving into town and uh-huh. tell a story so we're in north north houston tomball area and you know i'm i'm dropping my my significant other and child off at the house um, i've got a sister friend of mine in the front seat uh we've we'd spent a couple of hours together and so i approach a stop sign 200 to 250 feet from our street I stop, but even to this day, if you were to uh, come to this intersection, you'd see stuff in the yard to the right and the left. Um, given that this was a holiday weekend of, of, you know, in observance of the holiday of Christmas, there was Christmas decorations in the yard. So when I had stopped, I couldn't see around the corner to my left. This was a four-way stop sign. As I hedged up a little bit, I saw a police officer coming from my left, having having to go over 40. So initially, I did not know if he was going to stop. So I hedged up a little bit. And when I saw him slowing down, I proceeded further. As I proceeded further, I told, you know, my um, my colleague in the passenger seat, I think he's going to think I ran the stop sign. I proceed, you know, further. Again, it's a short distance between the stop sign and our street. And I put my blinker on to turn left. He puts his emergency lights on. Our house is the fourth house from the turn. Um, so I, I merely parked in front of the house. I waited a few seconds, you know, maybe five, 10 seconds. And I did not see him exit the car. So I chose to exit the car, my car. And I did this because I know my constitutional rights. The Castle Doctrine, federal statute passed in 2007, said that you have the right to protect your castle and your castle being defined as your home, your place of business, but also your vehicle. Um, with Philando Castile in mind and other, other men you know, killed by the police in mind, I decided to get out of my car and share the dialogue with the police officer. I didn't have any weapons, um, nor did I have any warrants. And so I get out of the car and I close the door and I show my hands and I yell to the police officer's um, car, hey, I don't have any drugs, any guns, any warrants. And I do not think you saw me stop back there, sir. I'd like to talk to you. A few seconds go by and he slides out of the car. I take a step up to the back seat where my significant other and child are to safeguard this door. As I noticed the police officer 
sliding out of the car, I also noticed the other two uh, individuals in the car, they're looking. So we all see this police officer slide out of the car and his beanie was halfway off of his head and he didn't have any gear on, you know, like a body camera or anything like that. And he looked, he looked either drunk, um, disheveled, completely unprepared, right? He says, you need to get back in the car. I safeguarding the back door of my car. I say, I actually don't have to get back in the car. So I'm trying to talk to you. At this time, I was still by my car. He says, okay. And he doesn't say, okay, in a, in a vulgar, aggressive, um, angered tone whatsoever. He says, okay, slides back in the car. The way he said, okay, I thought maybe he knew that I knew my rights. So he, he you know, we would have this interrogation. Yeah. A few seconds go by, he slides out of the car. His beanie, you know, is affixed and his body cameras on. He starts walking towards me at which I decide to walk from my car and meet him in the middle of our cars. As he reaches me arm's length, he grabs me and arrests me. I knew that resisting uh, to the state legislator was defined as bending, shaking, rattling, rolling, moving your body, that kind of thing. So I, I, I merely embraced the arrest and I asked him, what are you doing? He throws me on my car. Keep in mind, he's arrested me. I still have cuts on my fingers. He's grabbed me, arrest me. I say, what are you doing? He throws me on my car, which rocks my car. My, you know, my, my, my baby, my baby boy is in the back seat in the car seat. Then he throws me on his car and then ushers me to the back seat, the driver's side back seat. He does not grab my head and try to lead me into the seat. He's slamming me the same way he threw me on my car and on his hood. He's slamming me into the back seat. And 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 Egberto, I'm 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 six three. You know when he sees that. When, I, I don't know if I want to say he sees, but he's like exhausted of that because he tries to slam me three times in the video in which we posted. You see me after having been, you know, again, slammed saying, sir, this is a traffic stop. After this, he reaches down and he takes my left leg from under me. I instantly fall down, Igberto, and, and, and the distance between the car and the curb had to be no more than five feet. I could have broken my back or my neck and, and instantly been killed while my family was sitting there watching, protesting. As I'm arrested, I fall into the ground, Egberto. He immediately, uh, Constable Deputy Corey Alston of uh, Mark Herman's Precinct 4 Harris County Constable Office, he digs his knee into my neck instantly. Did you have cuffs on? I was already cuffed. I had been cuffed. I had been cuffed for some time at this point. I had been cuffed upon the initial the initial contact. You know, I'd been I'd been cuffed off the initial initial contact. He he didn't tell me, sir, you're under arrest. He didn't say, sir, you're under arrest, and this is why. He just walked up, grabbed me, and arrested me. And so, as this has progressed, where I'm, you know, my hands are behind my back and I'm on the ground, and he's got his knee into my neck. I can feel my breathing being restricted. 
And I'm simply trying to protest the, the best that I can, telling him you don't have the authority. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to handle you, man. You know, I, I know my rights, so on and so forth. My significant other is recording in shock, in complete shock. She's had to abandon the baby and run to record this because she's she's literally watched it as I've gotten out the car. The police officer slid out of the car, went back in the car, got out of the car, walked up to me. She's seen this whole thing. So, uh, time out. The, the police officer by then had a body cam on as well, correct? So there's by then had a body camera on and there's and it and it, it recorded all of this. I I don't know if it was on or not. Okay. I do not know. But your you know. your your significant auto recorded it. Yeah, but we'd already started recording from, from two different devices. But we've also got a neighbor who's got a roof camera. And so this is also this is also uh captured there. And so as as he's digging his knee into my neck, he's calling for backup. As if, Egberto, I'm resisting, you know, putting up a fight, you know, I've merely taken this, 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 uh, this force, this brutal force, um, this shock, this, this, <laughs> this shock of action, you know, I, I surely wasn't expecting this. My colleague that was in the passenger seat, she's since up to this point seen everything. And so she runs as close as she can to the police officer trying to capture his his credit credentials. And she's asking him, what is your name? What is your name? You don't have the authority to do this. And if you watch the video, he abrasively responds to her, you know, her with her hands wide open, no weapons, you know, an older woman and, and, and not threatening him, not threatening him, but saying, you don't have the authority. He demands her to get back there, get back there, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's like handling this like, you know, he's captured a, a war criminal. He gets me in the car and and it's no longer about the stop sign. But hey, brother, that's why he put his emergency lights on. I, I thought police were supposed to put their emergency lights on, you know, in the event of an emergency with an injured party. Um, but he, you know, he put his lights on. Um, he throws me in the car and now it's about the car registration, um, not being on the, on, in the front windshield. We're yelling to him, me from inside and them from outside that I just been gifted this car and that we've got a black folder in the back seat with everything, with the title, with the rebuilt vehicle statement, with the insurance copy of my driver's license. Um, you know, all the things, all the things, the paper tag, <laughs> the the paper, you know, like the paper license plate, you know, this exacerbates his anger. It's, you know, it's demeaning language to the, to the, to the now three women that are outside in the, in the neighbor that's watching for the next 90 minutes. It's about my car. And then they search my car. Did they have authorization to search your car. I was never asked to search my car. I was never asked. It was never, you know, no officer came back to me in the backseat of the car and said, hey, we're going to search your car. Um, we're just saying this because we need your authorization. No, nothing, nothing. Um, the, the arresting officer, Austin, was heard by my colleague. He said that there was an odor in the car. And so he asked his supervisor if if there was, you know, if he could establish probable cause. This had nothing to do with the traffic stop. The traffic stop was supposed to be about the stop sign. And so 
the arresting officer, they they moved to search my car in which I've got, you know, uh, a copy of Texas's traffic law and criminal <laughs> in a <laughs> criminal procedure traffic manual that, you know, this this combination book with procedure and, and codes. Um, you know, things for my service initiatives like diapers, diaper bags, uh, water, that kind of stuff. He comes back to the car, looks me up and finds out that I'm a felon. He tells me, oh, you're a criminal. Yeah, you're a criminal. Some minutes after, Egberto, they, you know, they transport me to a gas station around the corner. You know, the ladies had asked if I was going to jail. They, he said, yeah. He said he was towing the car. The car was parked in front of, you know, our house. Your house, yeah. Says they're going to take me to jail. You know, I swallow this. I've been to jail before, but I'm confused when they bring me to the gas station around the corner. They take me out of the car. Obviously, I'm still I'm still handcuffed and I'm violently searched. My 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 private parts are jerked and my buttocks are stretched open. After this happens, I am then choked by Officer Austin for an extended amount of time. As I'm choked and again, this officer is restricting my breathing. I notice that the gas station attendant steps outside. I move my eyes and I see the lieutenant motion to the supervising officer, not the arresting officer, because he's got his hand on my neck. The gas station attendant goes back inside and the lieutenant follows him in there. He comes back out and I, I'm, I'm left in the car again for another hour before I'm transported to Harris County Jail. When I get to Harris County Jail, even though my fingers are bleeding and I'm limping, I'm not referred to any medical assistant or any medical profession. I'm asked to strip naked, take off my socks, more more searching, and then I'm thrown in booking. After about 90 minutes, I, I, I move, or you know, I think two hours, I move upstairs to holding, yeah, around 1.15, got moved to holding. And a couple of hours later, I count almost, you know, roughly 80 people upstairs in the morning of December 25th. And over 50 people had been, had also had a, had a violent arrest, had, you know, physical abrasions and, and scratches, bloody, that kind of thing. And I, and I sat back and I wondered how often did this happen? in Houston between between you know all of the police departments the Houston Police Department the Harris County Sheriff's Office your constables your Texas Rangers your uh, DPS agents your FBI agents how how often were people arrested without a warrant and there be you know there there's no not there's no non custodial or custodial interrogation that takes place no informing of rights, no informing of arrest. How often did this happen and how often did it result into abuse, um, into aggravated assault? Um, I got out, I got out the the, the following uh, afternoon. I got it out, I got out the following afternoon, uh, December 25th, uh, you know, about 2 p.m. Uh, we went to urgent care and confirmed that I had a pulled hip and groin, um, a bruised clavicle, um, short-term loss, short-term memory loss, a broken finger, cut fingers, and bruised, um, bruised wrist. And you were not resisting arrest. At no point did I resist arrest. Okay. At, at no point did I bend, shake, rattle, roll, move, evade jump um i just didn't know what I, happened when I went after to, that did when they when they released you uh did you did you uh -huh. see a judge 
I never saw a judge. I saw a I, I given my first this is my first charge in Harris County. Um, I I just saw pretrial services and they had already affixed it for me to get a, a personal recognizance bond. I sat back and I wondered, Egberto, how could I get such a violent arrest with a personal recognizance charged bond? With, charged with a misdemeanor that I, I was I was just like that can't be the case. And then released <laughs> released from jail the next day on a Sunday, be that as it may. Now now you know thank God that the the courts are moving like that, but it, but instead of me hanging my head with guilt because of something I'd done, Egberto, I had the nasty smell of mass incarceration. I had the nasty smell of it. Like it had just, you know, whipped me up during a traffic stop. Again, you know, whether I was, when did they, when did they find out that you had a record? Did they find that out when they stopped you after they stopped you or after I, after I had already been arrested. Okay. So then that's, that's when they went and checked the uh, pulled your record after they uh, uh, after they uh, started to search my car, and then that's when they took you to the gas station after they realized that you you were in file, you had a record. Yeah, and then they took you to the gas station away from uh, you know in in sort of a con- away from the watchful eye of my family. Yeah, right. Okay, now, away from the neighbors who were all coming out. Yeah. Now, do you have a court date? So upon release, I was given an arraignment date. And so I, I went to court. Um, I went to court on the fourth or the fifth. Um, that following that following Friday, that following Friday, that same Friday, I went to um to court. And it was it was an interesting process, an interesting court process, Egberto, because I am a you know, I'm a student of law and um you know, not just American law, but international law and common law and how that aligns with or how that stands, you know, uh, with the United, with the American Constitution. And so um, I found it really interesting to had entered this arraignment and it transformed into a probable cause hearing in which I could not participate in. And I know that, you know, the Sixth Amendment grants me that that examining trial per se. And I know that the Sixth Amendment grants me a speedy trial, that speedy meaning without unnecessary delay. And that in the in trial, not necessarily meaning the final trial, but the hearing date. And the Sixth Amendment also grants me a right to a lawyer. And that's not just a lawyer, but adequate counsel, uh, effective assistance of counsel. But I also know that the Sixth Amendment grants me the right the liberty to exculpatory evidence. And I know based on that constitutional right that it's the prosecutor's job to observe, review, and apply any exculpatory evidence that's to be in my favor as the accused. I found it really interesting that the prosecutor could speak on behalf of the criminal complaint filed by the police officer, but the police officer was not present. And the prosecutor's spoke on behalf of this criminal complaint, Egberto, that Judge Raul Rodriguez found probable cause for the arrest and denied me participation in the process, meaning I could not speak or defend or confront my accuser. I had to, on the record, accept this criminal complaint lodged against me. Egberto said that I sought out the police officer, that I was at his hood and seeking out a fight, and that me and the officer were fighting on the ground as he tried to arrest me. And I'm sitting there with a broken pinky 
back spasms, Eberto. But wait, but let, let, let's with all of that, you know, you, they could claim that you got cut and all of that from resisting arrest, but you have video that shows. The but we reality. have video, and the Absolutely. problem is you were not able to show your video before the judge said it, there was probable cause. And, and I know that he could have, you know, he could have received my my exculpatory evidence, reviewed it and dismiss the case right, right there. So where are we now with the case? So I've been reset to February 6th, um, you know, to give me time to reconcile some of my legal my legal obligations, such, such as um, if I decide to hire counsel, uh, legal counsel, um, you know, subpoena any records that I may want, um, subpoena any evidence that I may need that's not, you know, on my own uh, device. And... Um, and figure out how in the next hearing we can meet the burden before us and get a dismissal on all charges. Um, I was set with a with a with with bond conditions, um, and Judge Rodriguez set me just just one bond condition, and and that's not having any firearms. But I I tried to express to the judge that this was foolish altogether because I've got I've got a I've got a I've got an actual civil rights complaint, <laughs> you know, I, judge, I'm, I'm, the, you see this, this sling on my pinky. And so I felt, I felt, I felt violated. I felt, I felt un-American. Uh, I, I felt, I felt second, right. You know, you know, I'm there, I'm ready. You know, I've got the officer asked the pros- the judge asked the prosecutor if there was any OR. I'm sitting there like, we've got the OR. <laughs> What's the we've OR? We've got the official, official recording. Got it. You know, like, you know, I, I thought about I thought about Darius Elam, who who'd been you know hooked and booked in the Harris County criminal justice system, and has since served forty years um, in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for for a charge he's innocent of. I thought of Anthony Graves. Um, That's row. Hooked and booked through the same criminal, you know, Harris County Criminal Justice Center, uh, Center and served 18 years on death row. You know, I, I thought about these guys like like there's no voting your way out of that. So what 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 do we do now? What's what are your plans uh, right now? So uh, we've got a petition uh, going in which we are um, asking for solidarity throughout communities around the world um, that stand against police violence, uh, police murder, police um, brutality but also prosecutorial misconduct and criminality, uh, judicial error. Um, we want to be able to show this petition um, and, and speak to the data within this petition to uh, Lena Hidalgo when she returns back from special leave, Rodney Ellis, Adrian Gar- Garcia, but specifically Leslie Briones, who is the newly elected uh, Precinct 4 commissioner. For your precinct. For the precinct in which you know my family lives in. Um We'd like to speak to them about how, sure, I've got pain, suffering and damages, physical damages. And this is a but this is immaterial to the the emotion of Houstonians uh, far and wide that that are that are simply tired of this nature of interaction from such an expensive police department. People are people are just tired of hearing that these are the outcomes. People are tired of of thinking that they've got to be nervous with the police. And so we're also seeking to use this petition and and, and other advocacy to influence policymakers. So, Chivas, where where do we go from here? What what are your plans to turn your mishap into a positive 
for the community at large? Uh, for sure. That's a great question. Um, like I said, we've got a petition um, running that we that we that it, that's existed for a little over a week. Uh, we've had nearly 3000 signatures from around the world of community members who are, are tired of police abuse, violence, murder, prosecutorial misconduct, criminality, judicial error, uh, legal corruption. Um, we want to use the, the data from this petition, uh, not the personal identifying data, but, you know, the demographic data, the 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 research data, the participatory data, uh, and meet with Harris County operators such as uh, Lena Hidalgo, Rodney Ellis, Adrian Garcia, but specifically um, Leslie Briones, who oversees Precinct 4, um, in which the Mark Herman Constable Office um, resides in. Um, I, I, I'd say we'd like to meet with the city of Houston, but the city of Houston simply doesn't move on police uh violence whatsoever. So we're going to use this legislative time in the 88th legislature to use this petition and other advocacy efforts, such as our press conferences, amplifying that Harris County police are abusive, but so many other police departments and police officers are abusive. Uh, we're going to hold press conferences like we, um, you know, throughout the state. We we had one in Houston this past Friday in front of the Harris County Criminal Ju Justice Center. We'll have one in Austin um, this Friday in front of the Austin Police Department. Um, and then we'll also have one in Bear County in San Antonio the following Friday in downtown San Antonio. Now, how was the attendance um, at the Houston um, press conference? The Houston piece, uh, the, the Houston press conference was uh, legitimately attended by Houstonians who care. Um, we had representation from uh, local nonprofits such as Effective Revisions, um, the Houston Peace and Justice Center, Black Gold Nation, the Honey Brown Hope Foundation, um, other individual community members that that you know stand against solitary confinement um, and, and different justice reform issues. Did any of the Houston media show up? The Houston media informed us that they would, and they did not. None of them showed. None of them showed. Amazing, amazing. Well, let Fox me Fox twenty six had indicated interest, as well as ABC uh, thirteen, as well as the Houston Chronicle, and nobody showed up. Um, but but it's all good because we didn't necessarily do it for that. We did it to get the the message out and to share it far and wide. And so you know we've got the content from the press conference. We've got um, feedback from others, other community members, and we're gonna keep the the show rolling. Uh, like I said, here in Austin this week and San Antonio the week after. Um, we, we are looking to file um, state and federal um, complaints upon the police officer and in, in, in the police department and um, and see this misdemeanor charge that I've gained. Uh -huh. See this through. See this through to a complete dismissal of, uh, of charges. Well, uh, Chivas, let me tell you, we are going to include with this uh, interview and with some of the other documentation that you've sent me. Uh, the videos that actually corroborates what you are saying. Uh, give I, I, I find it amazing that uh, with all all the data that you have, including the videos, that the mainstream media had uh, the quote unquote mainstream media has not taken an interest into this case, which is which should have been apropos. Now um, we're we're also going to make sure that this this gets um, some coverage within the the um, independent media, because again, uh, I think, as you said earlier, people are tired of an abusive force. And again, it, it's irrespective of everything else, every person that is stopped should be treated exactly as if it's the first time they've ever been stopped and following yeah. the laws that govern exactly how our society should go. Give me a 30 second closer, sir. 
aside from my name, my sexuality, my my profession, I'm simply a community member. And 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 I don't want to live in a Houston, Egberto. I don't want to live in a Houston where we can't talk to police officers, that police officers can't simply talk to us. I don't want to live in a Houston or, or anywhere where everyday working citizens, their behaviors are assumed by the police and we're, we're preyed upon and jumped upon. Um, you know, I, I, I want a fair and equitable procedure and outcome from what the police are, are supposed to do in our communities. But I'd also like that to be, you know, translated through the prosecutor's office and through the judicial bench. I'd like folks to eliminate blind spots, uphold people's rights and establish transformative outcomes for people in the criminal and civil justice system rather than restrict, penalize and destroy people's lives. No matter if it's a traffic stop or it's a civil, you know, a civil, a civil hearing, you know, people's lives being destroyed. Uh, I don't I don't think that's what we as property tax payers we invest into the local infrastructure for. I don't I don't I don't think th these are the outcomes that we that we invest in. So thank you so kindly, Chivas Watson. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs>